Oh man, I have chills just hearing your description of it. Hello everyone, this is Open Book with Betty's Booklist, the show where your favorite authors are an open book and tell me all about their exciting new releases. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Pakanen. Sarah is a number one New York Times bestselling author and has written eight solo novels and four co-authored novels. I am absolutely obsessed with all of her psychological thrillers and her new release, The Golden Couple, is out now. I read it in one sitting because it is, in fact, that good. Hello, Sarah. It's so nice to meet you. It is so great to be here, Betty. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan of all of your books. You know, I've done a ton of them on my page and I've read them even before that. I absolutely love them. Thank you. And I'm so glad we connected on social media because I love your reviews. The way you put yourself in the character's shoes and give little snippets about the book is just so much fun. So I cannot wait to see what you do with our new release. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to do it. Oh my God, I can't wait. Um, so your new release is The Golden Couple, which like I said in my intro, I loved. I read it in like one day or one sitting, I absolutely loved it, just as I have loved all of your other books. Could you start by telling us all a little bit about it? Yeah, The Golden Couple is a story of a maverick therapist. She has an office uh, just in Washington, D.C., which is actually right a stone's throw away from me. And she has kind of a unique method. Her theory of therapy is that if she can fix you in 10 sessions, she will take you on as a client. But only if she knows that whatever you bring through the door, whatever problem you're having, that she can fix you in 10 sessions. The catch is you have to do whatever she says. Oh man, I have chills just hearing your description of it. It was so good. And so in this book, for those of you who haven't read it yet, we're going between several different POVs. Um, we have like Avery, our therapist, and then we have the couple who's going to her, who are like another central tenant of the book. So when you're writing it, since it's in different POVs and you work with a co-writer, do you each write different POVs or do you work together on everything? I'm really curious about what that looks like. Yeah, so we do not write different POVs. We talk about every chapter before writing it. So it's definitely a collaborative process. I know for most co-authors, one of them will take, you know, an alternating chapter, one of them will take one character's point of view, but that's not the way Greer and I do things. It's much more collaborative and we're both involved with all aspects of the book. And so for the golden couple, the, uh, you know, the golden couple in the book, a woman named Marissa and her husband walk through the door of our therapist, Avery, in the very first chapter. I'm not giving anything away here because it happens early on. And, you know, they just look like one of those perfect couples that you always see on social media. They're always smiling and happy and put together. They never have like dog hair on their clothes, you know, and they, uh, they walk through the door. One of them confesses an infidelity. And from there, things get very tricky and twisty and turny. What inspired you to write this particular story? 
You know, we're very interested in therapy. And I think that's, you know, it, it was kind of a combination almost of two of our books, The Wife Between Us and An Anonymous Girl, A Complicated Marriage and a Maverick Therapist. And we wanted to blend those themes with very different characters and a very different story. You know, it's just, human beings are fascinating. And, you know, it, it's very hard to know somebody else. It also can be very hard to know every part of yourself. And that's just something that, uh, you know, can endlessly be explored in books, particularly thrillers with a psychological uh, flash to them. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, you've written um, before about a kind of rogue therapist. What got you so interested in writing about therapists and people who are in therapy. I mean, I absolutely love your books, but I'm really curious um, where that originated story-wise altogether. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, both Greer and I are very interested in just human nature and in relationships, and we talk about them endlessly, you know, and so a marriage is kind of one of the more interesting and complicated relationships there is, and there's kind of the face of the marriage that you might present to the outside world. And then there's a reality behind closed doors. And in The Wife Between Us, you know, we really wanted to dig into what looks like an enviable marriage and tell the truth about it. Because I think that, you know, people are, it's hard for people to be vulnerable these days when it seems as if everybody else might have their life together. And that can really limit our connection with each other. You know, when we hear, oh yeah, my kids are great, they're getting straight A's and my relationship's perfect. And here's a picture we just had of this amazing family picnic and we're all dressed alike and singing, you know, kumbaya. It just, it can make the rest of us feel a little bit like, gosh, you know, I, my life isn't that together. What am I doing wrong? So for me, the broken places are the more interesting to explore. You know, I think we can all relate to that in this like age of social media where we're watching everyone's life under a microscope and looking at everyone's successes constantly. You know, that's so, so relatable. Um, it's interesting that you say that too, because I think that's what I like most about your books, that you never know if things are as they seem. You're always finding out more layers to the characters and sometimes like I mean in this book finding out what happened in the past was the best part I mean I was waiting and waiting to find out what had actually happened and I mean no spoilers here but guys the ending of this book is something oh thank you thank you it's so important to finish strong you know, you want to hook people in early in your book and you want to keep them reading. But I feel like if you if you write a good book and the ending doesn't just deliver, people are going to go away disappointed. So that's something that we really work on is making those endings as powerful as possible and saving a few of the big twists for the end. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, that actually like inspired me to change the ending in my books. All your books have fantastic endings. And then I've been working on my first novel and thought I was done with it, then woke up and changed the whole ending to have just like a better twist that was more satisfying. Because after I've read each of your books, I felt so satisfied at the end. You know, obviously the whole book is good, but when you get that final punch in, it's just amazing. Oh, that's a huge compliment. And congrats on writing your first book. I mean, that's such an accomplishment. It's, it's hard to do. You know, it really is hard to have that discipline of sitting down every day and writing. And I think, you know, a book, it's like trying to 
you know, wrangle an octopus. There are so many different pieces and elements to it. And you, you think you've got something figured out and then another little bit pops over up over here and trying to get a cohesive story into 400 pages and make it kind of seamless is so difficult. And I think the best writers are the ones that aren't scared of revision. You know, we want to dig into the revision. We want to make the book as strong as it can possibly be. So the fact that you woke up and went back and trashed your ending and rewrote it, that, that's a great sign, I think. Oh, thank you. That's good to hear because, I mean, obviously there's been a million days where I woke up and was like, I'm never going to finish this thing. But would you mind telling me a little bit more about your writing process? Yeah. Um, so do you want me to start at like the beginning with my solo books? I'd love to hear both your origin story of how you became a writer and what your process is like now when you sit down to write a book. Yeah. So when I first started writing, I actually started writing very young. I used to write novels when I was a little kid and I would send them out to publishers at the age of nine, ten. And I was always kind of shocked that nobody published miscellaneous tales and poems. I mean, come on, that would just fly off the shelves, right? So, <laughs> so I would get back very nice rejection letters from the publishers. And, um, but you know, if one of them wrote me a letter, I still remember, and it was like, keep at it, you know, you'll, you'll make it someday. And so I became a journalist after college. I worked for many different newspapers and, you know, I really got into the daily habit of writing. I think that was incredibly valuable for me. I learned that you don't have to wait for a muse. If you do that, you might be stood up. You've got to make the magic happen yourself. You have to think about it as a craft. And it's also, I consider it a privilege to be able to write. You know, this is now my full-time job. And, you know, as frustrating and, you know, confidence crushing as it can be at times, because we writers are very hard on ourselves, it can also be so exhilarating and joyous. And when you get a comment from somebody like you, you know, Betty saying, you know, I loved your books. I tore through it in a day. It, it just, it fills you up and it makes you want to get out there and keep writing because, you know, I, we're connecting with you when we write that way. And so it, it takes our book, The Golden Couple, which Vera and I kind of wrote in this bubble. Um, and now it's, it's coming out and readers are uh, seeing our characters and kind of breathing a second life into them. So for me, I began as a journalist and I worked for a number of different newspapers and magazines and I really got disciplined about writing every day. And then I had uh, two sons within two years and I had been working at the Baltimore Sun and I actually sat next to or sat across from a novelist named Laura Lippman, who's a very successful uh, mystery writer. And I would see her come in every day and she was so disciplined. Speaking of discipline, she would have, you know, rode five miles or run five miles and written, you know, a chapter and then she'd come in and work a full day. But, I, but that just kind of showed me like, oh, this is possible. Like, you know, you can, you can write a book. People, people are doing this. People that are near me are doing this. So I, I got pregnant while I was at the Baltimore Sun and then I had my second son. And then I suddenly stopped writing those daily and weekly and monthly feature stories I had been doing dried up when I left the paper and I felt like I had lost a best friend. I had always had writing in my life. I'd been doing it my whole professional life. 
And because I was taking care of my kids, um, I just didn't have the ability to, you know, jump on a plane and go cover a story or run to a last minute news conference. So one night I took a glass of wine for courage up to my laptop when the kids were asleep and I just started typing and it like poured out of me. And it took a very long time. It took years and rejection and revisions, but that eventually turned into my debut novel titled The Opposite of Me. And that is a women's fiction novel. It's different from the kind of books I'm doing now. It's more in the vein of Emily Giffen, Jennifer Weiner. Um, Jennifer Weiner was an amazing support to me early on. And we also shared the same editor, Greer Hendricks, who I'm now writing with. So uh, I wrote eight solo novels and they were all women's fiction. I love doing it. I had a third son and I just kind of worked in the nooks and the crannies of my day. I would write anywhere. I would bring my laptop to every soccer practice. I would even bring it if I had to pick my son up at school you would have to line up outside the preschool. And sometimes you would wait 20 minutes, you know, they'd be bringing little kids out with their coats and hats and, you know, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be moving in the car, obviously, you'd have to park and wait. But when I was in park, I'd grab my laptop and I'd try to write a few more lines. And it just became pretty much all I did was I care for my kids and write, care for my kids and write for many years. And, you know, I'm still doing it. My kids are older now. I've got two in college, but I write almost every day. I love to get up at 6 a.m. when there's like the fresh slate of a new day and start writing. Um, that's kind of my favorite time. The golden hours are 6 to 10. And with Greer, um, my process changed because we, one, had to be kind of accountable to the other for time. So we would generally get on a shared Google Doc and a shared phone call at about nine, and we would start work then. So another big shift was that as a solo novelist, everything was in my head. I would, you know, be conversing with characters in my head. I'd be working out plot points in my head. It would all be very internal. When Greer and I began to write together, you know, people can't read your mind. So I had to learn how to talk about my thoughts. And as an editor, Greer was accustomed to doing that as well. So it, it became like an extra step. It would have to go instead from fingertips to mind or from mind to fingertips, you know, it would go mind talking to Greer fingertips. And so we, uh, you know, began to collaborate and, it began with a lot of conversations. We really talked through the books. We talked through the whole narrative arc. We talked through every chapter. We talked through every scene. And so it, um, you know, it's a very different process. And, you know, it's also very cool to have somebody with you in the trenches as a partner. Yeah, I mean, it would be amazing to have someone there with you. I guess I, I've never talked to anyone who's co-written. So I was really curious about what that looks like you know it's so interesting do you see yourself continuing to do a lot of co-writing or going back to writing solo now that you've done both and i'll continue to do both 
So Greer and I, um, you know, are writing partners and we'll keep writing together. And I'm actually also right now um, in the middle of writing a solo thriller for the same publisher that'll be out in 2023. So next year. So both. I mean, I, I love to write. I want to keep doing it in, in every way I can. And um, yeah, so there will be many more, many more books. I can't wait for that thriller in 2023. Now I know what I have to look forward to. I'll add it to my calendar. Um, yeah, I always get your books. You know, what was it like switching from women's fiction to writing thrillers to making that transition? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because when Greer and I decided to write together, we sat down and we first made a list of all the books we really loved that you know, we felt like maybe had a clue in terms of like the genre we wanted to write in. And not surprisingly, we had many of the same books and many of them were psychological thrillers. It was, you know, everything from Gone Girl to Before I Go to Sleep, Girl on the Train, like we, and you know, we both have always been very interested in psychology. So it just seemed kind of natural. And it, it's a little bit funny because we're both, like pretty nice women, you know, we both, you know, are moms and, you know, love our dogs and pretty low key, but, you know, we write some pretty dark books and we have a lot of fun egging each other on. Like if there's a really dark scene, we're like, ooh, that was really creepy what you just said. And, you know, we laugh and then we make it a little twistier. Um, but for me, the, the switch felt, felt good. It felt natural. I think as a writer, you always want to grow. You know, that creative spirit, like you just want to keep feeding that flame. So I have loved, uh, you know, I loved writing my solo beach reads. I love writing the psychological thrillers with Greer. As long as it's writing, I love doing it. That's amazing. I mean, your thrillers really are in the vein of Gone Girl in that they're very smart thrillers, which is something I really love about them. You know, like they just feel quite clever which and thought out, which makes sense given how much conversation you have with them. Are there any characters from any of your books, thrillers or women's fiction that are based on you or anyone from your life? You know, I, I can't do that. I, it's funny. It's almost like when somebody says to me too, like, oh, I have a great idea for a book. You know, do you want to, do you want to write it? I'll give you the idea. If it doesn't originate, um, you know, kind of organically, uh, I can't put it on paper. So for me, there's, there are probably bits and pieces of me in every character, maybe not Dr. Shields. You know, and Greer would probably say that the same things, there might be like a little snippet, you know, here or there from her life too. But um, the characters in all of my solo books and in all of my co-written books um, are just very much their own creations not based on anybody. Gotcha. I mean, that's extra creative. <laughs> it makes sense that you would pull little bits here and there. You know, I think your books are really primed to be screen adaptations. Like they feel very visual, like I could totally see it. And I think some of them are optioned. Is that right? Yeah, um, they definitely are. There's some news. I have to be careful what I say and what I don't say because there are certain um, details about announcements that um, you know, are not mine to share, but um, one of the most exciting uh, things that happened was The Wife Between Us was optioned by Amblin Entertainment. And then uh, after about a year or so after the option, they approached us and asked if we would write the screenplay. 
and we had no idea how to write a screenplay. Literally, we're Googling, uh, how do you write a screenplay? But the people at Amblin were incredible. I mean, this is an example of these strong, you know, successful women looking to lift up other women and to help them. And they were very generous with us in sending us screenplays and, you know, talking us through, you know, here's, um, you know, see, here's how you do it. They, it was really a great learning environment. So that was probably one of the most exciting things that has happened. That is exciting. What do you find are the big differences between writing a screenplay and writing a novel? Well, with a novel, you can know what the character is thinking. In a screenplay, you only know what the character says and you can see you know, their facial expressions but you're limited in a screenplay in different ways. You, for example, have a lot less room. Whenever people are upset about things in books that don't make it into the movie, I kind of wonder, is that because of a space issue? You get 400 pages with a book. If you're writing a screenplay, you get 120 pages. And a lot of that is like blank space, you know, around the margins. So, um, you know, you have to really distill your story down. And, you know, again, you, you can't get inside the character's head. You know, you can't have them say, like, I'm, you know, smiling at her, but I'm remembering, you know, X, Y, Z, unless you want to go to a flashback and, like, you know, jump through a few hoops that way. So, um, you know, there's no sense of uh, smell. There's no sense of taste. Like, you're, you know, you're limited, but you're also given these incredible visual uh, gifts. So, yeah, so they're different. I really like them both. I tend to be more visual as a writer, so I get excited about the film stuff. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're two different, you know, two different ways to write and they're both pretty cool. Yeah, that makes sense. My background is in video, in a fashion video actually. So whenever I'm writing, I think of it like you're writing a video script in a way, probably not like I'm writing a screenplay, but I think very visually and plot it out like it's my editing timeline. I can totally see you doing that. Now that you said that, I'm like, of course, because the videos you put up, like, you know, you transform into different characters and, you know, you, you summarize the book. So that makes perfect sense that you've got the video and the fashion, you know, going into creating those mini stories that you tell all the time, which are just so charming and fun. I love seeing those. Thank you. I never thought about it like that, like combining the fashion and the video, but that definitely is like where my background was. Um, so it's a fun, fun way to bring everything together, you know. Um, what advice would you have for people who are looking to become writers? Yeah, you know, I, I've been getting asked this a lot lately, and I'm, I'm really glad because I feel like, you know, we writers need to lift each other up and support each other. So one of the things I always say is like, you got to write like that is so simple, but yet it's so hard, right? So a page a day will give you a draft of a book in a year. So if you can commit to a page a day, you know, you'll have to revise, you'll have to, you know, change it up, but you might have a very raw draft of a book in a year. I also really recommend reading everything you can about the craft of writing. A few of my favorite books are On Writing by Stephen King, the master. Plot and Structure by James Scott Bell is my Bible. I read and reread that book all of the time. And Writing the Breakout Novel by Donald Moss is also brilliant. I have many books on writing, but those are three I go back to all the time. Okay, I know what I'm adding to my cart after this, man. 
Now, when you're reading other novels, is there anything you do to read more consciously in a way that like helps your writing? I think that's something I struggle with where like I'm so used to reading all the time and having it just be a fun hobby that then when I want to do more of a close reading to learn and influence my own writing, I'm not sure exactly what to do. Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because when you, it's kind of like going to a museum. If you're just going there as a viewer, you're gonna look around and be like, oh, the paintings are beautiful and you're just gonna be all sensation and immersing yourself. If you're going there as an art critic or as an artist, you're gonna be looking at it a different way. So when you're writing like you and I are, you know, you know, I almost miss sometimes being swept up in a book, you know, and it's harder for me to get swept up in a book because I'm looking for the craft secrets. I'm looking for the tricks and, um, you know, and I admire it, you know, when I see these things, I'm like, oh, that, you know, that turn of phrase was so beautiful. That foreshadowing was incredible. I love finding those things, but it does make you put on a bit of your academic hat rather than your just sort of entertainment hat. Mm -hmm. So I feel like your stories feel super vivid. Like they just feel so real to me. I do get swept up in all of your books and I was swept up in the golden couple. I was immediately taken in by it. What do you do to make your stories so vivid? You know, one of the things that Greer and I do is we really talk through every scene and try to see it three-dimensionally. You know, so we'll be picturing, we want to see it almost like a movie scene, because when you do that, then you'll be able to write it in that same kind of three-dimensional way. So we'll talk about, you know, the setting, and we'll talk about what it looks like, what it smells like, what the noises are, and we're both constantly looking for those kind of details to add, like if we're walking down the street and a motorcycle roars by, you know, we might um, take note of that. Like, how, how did that sound? Like, did that jolt me? You know, did it come out of the blue? Like, you know, whatever it was, that might make its way into one of our books. So a lot of it is just really trying to, to dive into the scene and to, to almost live in that alternative universe for a short period of time and then come back out and write it. Mm -hmm. Do you find it hard to write every day? Like go in and out of your scene so deeply every day? I do. I actually, um, my boyfriend calls himself a book widow and I will be with him in the kitchen and he'll be talking it, you know, to me. And then all of a sudden I, I hear him be like, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? And I'll be like, oh, sorry, no. I, have you been talking for 20 minutes? Because I just um, feel like I'm half of me is always in whatever book I'm working on. And I sometimes dream about that book, like I'm walking into a scene. I, you know, I can drive and kind of wake up and I'm wherever I intended to be an hour later and have very little recollection about it. Um, it just, it, it feels like my brain is split a lot of the time. You know, I can get a little bit spacey, but it's because like, if I'm talking to you, you know, I might be noticing the really cool neckline on your outfit and you know, the slight slant of the tree in the background or the plant in the background. And I'm wondering what kind of plant is that? That's really cool. Would those leaves be like a dark glossy green? How would I describe them? You know, so I think novelists are always looking around for interesting details. We're observers. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a close reading on your whole life. 
Yeah, although the funny thing is I have very few memories of my own life in a way because I've always been in the alternate world of, you know, a book. So I, like childhood, I have very few memories. It's really strange. I remember, you know, I was always dreaming about stories and about books. So, so I might notice a lot of details, but they might not translate into a complete awareness of, you know, where I am and what I'm doing at that time. Mm -hmm. I was a big daydreamer as a kid too. I was always falling asleep, like imagining I was in the book that I was reading and everything like that. Isn't it cool? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really does feel real. You know, I feel like when you're in that half asleep state, it really does feel like you're there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that great dreamy state. It's like, you know, I was, I was describing it to my boyfriend the other day. I'm like, you know how you walk out of a movie theater and if you went in in the daytime and you walk out at the nighttime, you're totally disoriented. And like, I feel that way when I look up from the computer and I have to come back into this world. It's like, what, you know, where am I? What, what happened? I'm kind of blinking all the time. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on. Like I said, I'm fangirling here. I appreciate you telling me so much about your writing process and about The Golden Couple. Everyone, go buy it now. Oh, Betty, thank you so much. This was a blast. I love chatting with you about reading, about writing. Um, I cannot wait to see this, and I can't wait to connect more with your followers. Thank you all for watching. Subscribe for more bookish content.